Hey, this is Thomas. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get into the show for today, I want to announce that Niagara Moon is having its final Seattle concert on December 16th. Niagara Moon is not breaking up, but my girlfriend Huaymin and I are actually relocating back to our hometown area in western Massachusetts later this month. I've had a great time living in Seattle for the last year and a half, and I feel very fortunate to have met so many talented musicians here. I do, however, also miss the East Coast, and I don't really want to live in a city anymore, but it'll be a bittersweet goodbye. So if any of you Seattle locals are free on Saturday night, December 16th, we hope to see you at our farewell show in the Bourbon Bar of the Columbia City Theater. Opening at 8 p.m. will be the singer-songwriter Bess Hepner, followed by the Americana songsmith Craig Marker, whom I interviewed for episode 16. And then Huimin and I will be doing an acoustic set at 10, so definitely do not miss that. Otherwise, your next chance to see us will probably be in Massachusetts. Also, the show is free, so you really got no excuse, unless you're under 21, since it is uh, 21 plus only. Anyway, I'll put a link to the event in the show notes for this episode. Again, that's 8 p.m. Saturday, December 16th at the Columbia City Theater. Hope to see you there. Listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I am a singer songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. For episode 44, we have The Drifter Luke, aka Luke Abbott. Luke is a singer songwriter based in Seattle and he writes songs that are very emotive, very powerful. His website has a wonderfully written bio, so I will read a little bit of that for you. Following in the footsteps of influences like Bob Dylan and Jackson Brown, the Drifter Luke songs incorporate old truisms from a unique and fresh perspective. The son of evangelical missionaries, Luke Abbott traveled frequently as a child, moving from California, Texas, Colorado, Japan, and New Mexico, eventually settling in Washington by age nine. He loved music from an early age, singing bluegrass and gospel tunes with his family in church performances. By age 15, Luke began to focus more and more of his time to writing and creating original songs, with songs tackling ideas like addiction, faith, regret, expectation versus reality, and the seasons of life. The Drifter Luke's music sheds a fresh and compelling light on the human condition. Luke hasn't yet released a lot of his newer songs, so we decided to just record him performing them in my living room with his acoustic guitar. I think it turned out super well, so I'm excited to play that for you now. Here's a song by the drifter Luke called Invested. But I wasn't invested 
Why do you go by the Drifter Luke? Where did that name come from? Um, it was a nickname given to me by my dorm, like the head of the dorms, whatever. Anyway, I don't know why he called me that. I think it was because um, of Hank Williams. He was a big old country fan. And, you know, Hank Williams' first album was under the moniker Luke the Drifter. Oh. And so, yeah, and, and it was a gospel album, and at the time I was going to a religious school, so I think he made this connection with it all, with my playing and everything, and, and I liked it, so <laughs> I kept it. Wow, so what was the kind of music you were listening to growing up then? A lot of that really old school, country yeah. western? Um, yeah, it was, I guess it's diverse in a sense, but also sheltered. I listened to a lot of different things. So um, my first album was like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, you know, and 
but at the same time, I also had like <laughs> like a, like an R and B artist. I can't remember his. Oh, Montel Williams. You know, Montel like I had a Montel Williams album. So like that was my me growing up is like you know I always have a dichotomy that I'm listening to. You know what I mean? Like opposites and inter. You know, some things you like them because they're rhythmic. Some things you like them because of a good melody. Some things you like them because of the words. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on you know. Really, I think what you're going through, but yeah. and then um, where were you growing up? I remember you were just telling me uh, you were in Okinawa for a while, so I imagine yeah. there's a lot of traveling in your childhood. Yeah, yeah, my my parents moved around a bit. Um, I don't know all the reasons why. I never chronicled it. I was the youngest, so I didn't see it all. Um, all right, I wasn't aware of it all until I got older, you know. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was born in California, and then we moved to Texas, and then we moved to Colorado. And then we moved to Okinawa, and then we came back to New Mexico, and two places in New Mexico, and then we eventually moved to Washington And when I was in about third grade in the Tri-Cities, and I stayed there until I was 18, and then moved around a bit after that, <laughs> and then ended up in Seattle again. Seattle eventually, yeah. Um, so your parents were missionaries? Yeah. For the military? Uh, to the military. To the military. Yeah, to the military. They worked with a, a Baptist organization called the Navigators, but yeah. Wow. All that's whatever. <laughs> so what's it like at a young age, you're going to all these different places, everything's changing up? It sounds more exciting than it is. It's just for, is for it me... just kind of disorienting? Yeah, well, I guess it could be if I were... I can't really look at it. I can't see it as anything, but like that's just the way it is for me. So it's just... Yeah, uh, it's what you were used to. Yeah. So I, I think partly when I think of it, it probably didn't help my learning to settle down, you know, sort of aspect. But, you know, it's all right. I <laughs> you know, you learn things as you get older, too. Were they uh, also big into music or is that... Were you... Yeah, yeah, so you my got that uh, stuff from them. Definitely, my dad was a bluegrass player and is a bluegrass player still. He's actually, oh. he's gotten, he's gotten really good at like violin and fiddle, you know, style playing as he's gotten older and mandolin too. But you know, they kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I grew up with bluegrass music, and you know, we played in churches, and I sang in choirs, and you know, I've always done music since I was very young, at least singing. But I you didn't start playing and writing till I was like fifteen, probably. Mm. But uh, when you were little and starting to perform and stuff was singing mm-hmm. the first thing you did? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then Sing, you yeah. picked up an instrument after that? Yeah, I guess the first time I tried to play an instrument was violin when I was like in fourth grade, but I broke the bridge and and it was it crushed me, it crushed <laughs> my soul, crushed my violin soul. Oh, man. I guess That's those things okay. are delicate, huh? They are, you know, and I was kind of a rough kid, so I'm kind of still a rough kid, but, you know, <laughs> that's the way it goes. You were singing from a young age and then... Was guitar the thing for you when you finally? Yeah, yeah. When I finally um, wanted to play an instrument, it was a guitar. And I mean, you know, of course, why not the guitar? You know, I love the the soulful kind of vibe of it. You, I love the uh, portability. You know, just the tones you can get out of a guitar and and how it seems to you kind of grow with your instrument a little bit. You know, and. Uh, it gave me the best avenue for songwriting, you know. Yeah, and it's that's a what great I always, tool for yeah. songwriting. That's what I always wanted to do. Is it, it, or you know, when I started playing music, even before I started playing an instrument, you know, I, I was writing songs, you know, oh. and they weren't even they weren't great, you know. And well, nobody's first songs, yeah. But I used to do <laughs> overdubbing, like you know, harmonies and uh, and stuff on. Wow. Uh, like so, I had a dual tape cassette, you know, back in the analog days. No, a dual tape cassette, and uh, you know, you record one part, and then you 
flip it over, record onto the next part, flip it over, record onto the next part. So you can just layer and layer and layer and layer by flipping back the tapes back and forth, you know. Just wow. a simple way to, to overdub record, right? Anyway, <laughs> so I used to do that, and that's what I was, like, I would make silly songs for my friends and stuff doing that. And this was around, like, middle school? Uh, yeah, I would say middle school, early high school, yeah, because that's right before I started playing, so, yeah. When did your songwriting kind of... Uh take off for you like when were you playing your songs out and first started to find your sound yeah church is a great thing because it gives you an avenue so like um i started playing drums just around the same time and i'm not a drummer by any means but um i started kind of playing drums and guitar at the same time and i could play guitar anywhere drums i could only play sometimes You're a little you know? limited yeah and never really like along to something just kind of or you know like along to other people but you know Never to like, you know, how you're supposed to learn drums, like, you know, to a meter and everything, right, and a metronome. Right. There was no metronome. You know, I didn't even know what a metronome was then. You know? Anyway, but uh, I did have opportunities to play, like, in talent shows and things like that and in youth groups and stuff. So I think the first time I played out was pretty recent after I started playing, probably, like, 16, you know, uh, at a talent show or whatever. And I wrote these. I started writing right from the, right from the beginning. Yeah, like, yeah. Within, the first week of picking up the guitar, I had a song. You know, like this is the whole reason why I picked up this instrument. Yeah, I wanted it was a to tool have, for you. I, I, you know, I wanted to have a voice to get it out. But anyway, so yeah, I was, I was writing right away, and uh, yeah, some, some songs people liked. You know, right from the beginnings, and uh, you know, I think it's different seasons, and and you have moments when you can give song, uh, give a song, a, you know, some clarity, and other times, it, you don't have that clarity. <laughs> you know, so. Really, what people are seeing is a moment, you know, yeah. that you know of that song or whatever. And uh, sometimes, just a performance can give a song more life than the song by itself. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so, what was the theme of these early songs? Like, what were you, you channeling? What were you going through? Um, let's see. I was, from a young age, empathetic. I tried to be empathetic. So, like, I don't know why, but I wanted to understand. Like uh, where other people were coming from, mm -hmm. you know, and everything, and, uh, and uh, why people, I guess why people do the things they do is kind of my driving force, but, and probably just try to understand myself, I guess, if I were to look back at everything. But so I was writing songs that were, had a religious theme, but they were about like struggle and I guess finding your place and, uh, or losing your place and trying and getting it back. Like I wrote, I used to call them recovery songs, you know, recovery like, songs where you go from like a bleak start and then you end with like hope. You know, so oh. you have, so you, like that, I used to try to write songs like that, you know, uh, that captured that spirit. And I, I, I guess I was all about, I guess I, I wrote, I did write a lot about hope indirectly and directly, but you know, a lot of those themes are in there about the struggle between right and wrong and all that stuff too, because I, I was religious. So yeah, you, know. you were doing the heavy stuff early on. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Not I a lot of 16 year olds really getting into business like that. No, I mean, I had the... Hey, girl songs too, but you know, like they were few and far. They didn't stick around. As they much. felt silly to me, you know. Yeah. Like I felt silly, like what I was doing. I guess that's like you should be that way. That's what being romantic is. You're supposed to be that way. You're supposed to be blind to everything else and be so ridiculously and enthralled to, uh, to the point of silliness, where it's like you're all I want to see. You know, uh, yeah, it's like yeah. are you really all you want to see? <laughs> you know, like let's think about this. You don't need to be analytical when you're romantic. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, that didn't hit home for you as much. No. So, and this was in um, the Tri-Cities in Washington. Graduate high school, and then uh, were you thinking music after that? I wanted to do music. Um, I had different opportunities, but I uh, I was also uh, 
into spirituality, so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to um, learn more about that and be. I was devoted at the time, and so or devout, I guess you would call it. And uh, and so I went to. I graduated when I was seventeen, so I kind of like thought of it as a a free year or whatever. Like uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I could do whatever. So I um, I went to California and did an internship in a church over there. It was kind of like a um, similar to a master's commission or something like that. I don't know if it, 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 anyone's ever heard of that, but it's just like a group of young people and, you know, you take courses similar to a college kind of courses and in different things. And, um, and for me, it's all like Bible courses and memorization and like, you know, uh, history. And wow. like, there's even like a, a class called the fathering class. And it was like, a, basically, a strengths and weaknesses class, you know, so like you literally everyone would get, and this took all year, right, to get through a whole group of us, but each member would get one day where they would be uh, critiqued, you know, mm-hmm. and, and have strengths and minuses, like, I, you're really good at this, but, oh. and uh, and everyone would do that to you, and so that one day just sucked, it was just <laughs> a bad day, it was a bad day. Was everybody a little too real? Of or... course, <laughs> you know, I mean, well, sometimes, but there's things that people see that you don't even see. You know, and and uh, and definitely, I was a young man at the time, and I had things that were, you know, I had, I had things that I, I had hurts that I was carrying with me that I needed I needed to be free from, and that definitely was one way to to do that at the time. So, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you must have been devout if you're 17. You have this gap year, and you yeah go uh, and I go to, to Bible studies pretty much. Yeah. It was just like a pretty much yeah. And then you know you're a slave to the church so you're dressing up in their ma- It was a ridiculous church. I mean you could I mean it wasn't it's not ridiculous it's just whatever people enjoy it but they had a mascot for the kids, you know, like that's how much they thought about uh, uh giving people uh you know the audience or giving giving uh, people what they want or you know giving so them facilities. Was it a little corporatized? Not really. I would call it a franchise, I guess, franchise. in a sense. I guess corporatize would be a way to do it because that was his vision. It was to have a franchise of churches, in a sense, like a river of uh, in a franchise, not franchise here and there, but in a whole in a little area. And they, I guess, they have done that to a certain extent. I don't really know what's going on, but so that you know, was that was uh, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess we're kind of going through the and, past still. Yeah. But uh, so that was a year, and then um, so how you came out of that. How are you uh, processing that all? I was like a, I was like a zealot. <laughs> that's what I would. That's how I would call myself. I thought I I was very black so this, and white. This really strengthened your, yeah. Your it, it did strengthen my faith at the time. It was yeah. Uh, I was when I think about the uh, the things that I said and did at the time. I was just I I know that I was even as a as a Christian or whatever or even as anything. I was I was naive. I just was you know. Uh, I was young and overzealous, I guess, lacking in wisdom, but really I strong. I think that in describes belief. any eighteen-year-old. Yeah, you know, like of course, I, I, you know, whatever experience I have was a mo- was the most important thing in the world mm-hmm. to me at the time. You know, that was that was because it was my life, and I it was hard for me to see out of it, even though I tried to. You know, and a lot of my songs, things I was always trying to see out of that life, but I hadn't actually experienced any of it. You know, um, I mean, I I'd seen the world at a young age, but not not in the same way. Right. Uh, you you know. don't. Yeah. Get the full experience necessarily. No. You get a different experience, you know. Um So you came out of this year later and then uh, did you stay in California? No, so we were in uh uh so no, I was yeah, I was in Sacramento. Um no, I moved back to Washington. Uh, they did offer me to you know to come back as an intern or whatever, you know, and right. they do have like different levels or whatever. Or, yeah, <laughs> draw you in further. Right, draw you. Come on, but no, I was like no, I, I I didn't want to. I, and so I went back to 
my hometown, Tri-Cities. And I basically worked uh, in a hospital and then doing registration. And I worked at a youth group and at a church, at my old church, and did pretty much just walked in the door, you know, and then the next day was leading worship and uh, and formed a youth band and, and cultivated that group and did leadership with that and did videos and other campouts and stuff like that for two two years, about two and a half years mm. almost. Uh, I was involved with that group and it was a lot of fun at the time. I really, I needed it, you know, it leveled me out a little bit yeah. because I was an, I was a, as an 18 year old, I was a, supposed to be in leadership now of these kids who I, who some of them were the same age as me, right? <laughs> and some of them were just a, a few years younger, you know? Wow. And so it was a little bit of a stretch, but, you know, because I had this experience, you know, and this like, and the zeal, you know, like, uh, you know, my youth pastor liked that. He liked the yeah, fire, you know, and he liked the passion. Made the charge. Right. And even, you know, even though I was really silly and I, you know, and all that, I could, you know, get really serious too. And, uh, but, and that's what he liked about that. And then also the music, of course, you know, and, uh, so, but I ended up leading this group, you know, with this small group that was juniors. So they were all like, you know, just one year younger than me. And I'm supposed to be speaking this advice to them. And, you know, supposed to be, and I just would, I just would be, I couldn't answer their questions. How did I was like, I don't did know, they guys. see through the... If I tried to fake it, yeah, they would see right through it. And, you know, so like, these are the kids that, you know, you wouldn't think about yourself when you were 17. You're probably not going to listen to an adult that was in there talking to you. You're probably not going to listen to anyone, right? You're right. like, whatever. I'm going to, I'll look it up myself, right? You know, like I'll, I'll find that, you know, because you're just like, like no matter what, because you you think you're going to do better than everyone else, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You, you that's think what you have it figured out. Like I'm going to do it differently than yeah. everything I've seen because, uh, you know, maybe you don't like everything you say. Or maybe you have role models too, you know, I don't know. But, uh, right. you know, either way, you're not going to look at some random person at a youth group on, a, you know, some random night as as with wisdom unless, you know, Unless you do have actual wisdom to say, right. you know, but at the time I don't, you a, know, I didn't. Appear trying to masquerade as an authority. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, like I don't, I don't want to do that. So I tried just to be real and empathetic and, uh, but I still said stupid things all the time, you know. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah. I've made a fool of myself many times on and off the stage, but you know, <laughs> that's but the way it, it happens. It sounds like it was good because it was an outlet for your music and your songwriting. You were able to Absolutely. incorporate it into your... Yeah. Work, yeah, yeah. I had a built-in band. I, had, you know, like I had a drummer who it pretty much drummed for me like two times a week anyway. And then any gig I wanted to do, I would just be like, "Hey, you want to come do this?" And you know, and they learned my songs, and I was doing different types of things, and you know, growing in different ways. And yeah, so uh, yeah, and I don't really have any of the songs I wrote back then. I don't play them anymore. But you know, there is a song from that season that people still ask me about, but, you know, wow. from my hometown. And they even sing it as, like, a There's worship song. one they song. remember. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it, I don't know why, because it's not about that at all. It's about addiction. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it does say, you're all I need now, so I guess you could. Okay. But so anyway. Relate to it on some level. Yeah. So, uh, so you're rocking it in the, in the Tri-Cities for a while, and then at some point, uh, things changed again. You came out to Seattle at that point, or yeah, yeah. So I, I was um, so after those two years, I went. I decided I needed to change. I didn't like my job, my nine to five. I was like, I didn't see really a future in it, even though there probably was a future in it. But that's not what I wanted there to do. It wasn't the future you wanted. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to learn, and so I went to went to college, and I came up to Northwest University over in Kirkland. Which okay, is a, it's so a, pretty close to Seattle. Itself. Yeah, pretty close, and so. I wasn't like right in Seattle, but I did, you know, 
I've lived here now for 12 years, you know, in and out of of the area, I should right, say, right. of Seattle. So, um, yeah, I've pretty much lived everywhere in the city now, but yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you, you yeah. went to Northwest University for music? Yeah, I started out as a biblet major, and okay. then my first semester, and then I changed my second semester to music. So what kind of prompted the, the change to just go gung-ho with the music studies? Um, I didn't see the point of being a biblet major mm-hmm. anymore. I didn't really want to do that. I, uh, when I thought about, like, that school, you have a lot of built-in Bible courses already you have to take. Because uh, oh, it's a Christian university. A, it's a Christian university. Yeah, okay. so there's lots of, there's all, you have to take like biblical exegesis and Bible study and interpretation, you know, like one, your choice of one of the apostate gospels, you know, like oh, whatever, you know, so there's right. lots they, of things. You already yeah. got your basis covered. Yeah, yeah, they want to get you know, like a, a little, like a, they want you to have a Bible minor pretty much. Regardless of who you are, as a student there, you'll walk out with a Bible minor pretty much. Right, so biblical literature idea. is just more it's more of that and you know i as i got into those classes i was like i don't really i don't want to do this like i'd rather do something i'd rather learn something i when i went to school it wasn't about it wasn't about like getting a a job for me at all i never thought of it like that i just went to learn advancing your advancing my knowledge becoming a better human being you know (laughs) like whatever if i got a job out of that'd be cool but i thought it would give me more opportunities and it certainly did yeah so i went there and played played a lot of music (laughs) Recorded a bunch and yeah. Going to Kirkland, did you kind of start to uh, ingratiate yourself into the scene in Seattle? Yeah, it took me a lot. Long, no, I well, not really. No, I didn't get into Seattle scene until after college, probably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I went through kind of different seasons where I wasn't playing music as much, you know, and uh, only just every now and then. And I didn't really start getting into the scene until I, I joined a band called Young Lions. They were back in the uh, back around the day, like. Uh, uh, but Head and the Heart first started going and all that. Oh, all that. okay. Um, so like mid-2000s? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember Tony Kevin Jr. or all those. Anyway, he was around at the same time. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, who cares? <laughs> that was ancient history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it was uh, it was a fun time. And I, that's when I first started into the scene because we were playing, you know, we were playing the tractor, we were playing the high dive, we were yeah, playing, yeah. you know, chop suey. We were playing uh, lots of places. It was awesome, you know, everywhere you'd think, you know. And it was cool back in those times. It was a little bit different. It was a little more organic. Yeah, I, I imagine the city's changed a lot. Yeah, so, I mean... But, I mean, the hipsters were still there, right? Oh, everybody... It's still so, the same. Some things yeah. stay the same. Some things change. So how, how was it adapting to the hipster thing? I mean, that must have been quite a shift after... After grunge? Biblical studies. And, oh, biblical studies. Well, I mean, for you, to, you're in a church in California. You're in the yeah. Tri-Cities. The, the whole kind of hip city musician... Shtick. I mean, was that did I was take some getting used to? Oh yeah, I wasn't hip, but I was nerdy for a long time. Like I just, I mean, every every type of person that you think you know you can be, I've probably been. You know, like okay. so, like I've had different stages uh, just because of different times. You know, when I was going to uh, when I was going to college, I was you know I was much. I was playing soccer. That's that's one thing. Uh, you know, when I was there, so I was an athlete. You know, uh, you know, clean cut everything about that. You know, and. And uh, thinking about different things, and I was playing music, and so the but the types of songs I was writing were different than the types of songs I was writing. I'm writing now, you know, just because I was writing it from a different perspective. You know, yeah. I hadn't I hadn't gone through. I was what I was going through. I was hungering. I wanted experience, you know, and that's really what it was. But uh, that's what led me away, anyway. You know, that's part of it. But I don't. Yeah, no, I didn't get involved in the Seattle scene until yeah, Young Lions. After Young Lions, then I started kind of 
doing my own thing, but I didn't do much because <laughs> just because of uh, personal stuff, and then just life. Yeah. And then it, yeah, things get busier and busier. Yeah, and then I got older and older, and I'm like, shit, you know, should I write more songs? Yeah. So when did the, your <laughs> the, your current solo persona, the Drifter Luke, when did that? When did that kind of finally, finally take yeah. hold? Uh, I finally started actually pursuing it seriously maybe four years ago. Uh, five, I guess four or five years ago. Five years ago, I'll say. I'll just roll the dice on that. I mean, I've been writing with my friends and things like that for a long time. You know, like, so I have songs that are way older than that, that no one's, you know, only some people have heard and good or bad, whatever they are. But they're songs that got me to where I am now. You know, that's how I think of it, songs to get other songs. But, <laughs> you know, because you had to write it's that. It's all so steps that, in the Yeah, the exactly. Uh, so it's... But yeah, the songs are right now probably five years. But in in the scene here, I've only been back for two years because I went I went fishing in Alaska for part of that. So. Oh, yeah. And then I I was also playing with a band called Dante and the Mirrors for a while, until they uh, until our lead singer moved back to Cali. <laughs> so you know how it goes. Yeah. I'm like moving in away from the mic constantly. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So where is uh, the Drifter Luke at now in terms of uh, what you got going on? What you're uh your goals are for the future yeah so we're working on a single right now and we had something but it kind of we kind of don't like it so we might gonna, might gonna have to go in the studio again somewhere and uh and figure it out so you're playing this is you and the the band yeah i'm sorry yeah so i have a band now yes and uh just keyboards bass drums and uh, i play electric yeah so it's a fun group nice. uh, we do deal do a lot of different uh, types of songs. I mean, like I think so. I mean, it's still always my voice, but you know, you have some blues, you have some country, you have some rock, um, you know, and blending of all those in one song. Maybe you know, who knows? You know, we have uh, so there's different voices, you know, kind of in a sense, but or musically. Yeah, I have some slow songs. I, I'm trying to write faster songs, obviously, with the group, and so you know, we're, we have a fair amount of fast songs now. And hmm. I mean, yeah. this few songs I've heard. You're not so much a a party band or like no. a rollicking, you know, bar rock band. You got some pretty in- introspective stuff going on there. So yeah. Are you trying to consciously like balance that out or? Yeah, we try to be dy- dynamic, you know. And now one of the things we stress as a band is just less is more, or at least I stress as a band is <laughs> less is more. <laughs> keep, um, it, keep it simple. Yeah, like simple is good, you know. And like, like I always want to get. Like them, you know, the essentials, right? And then, you know, maybe you can do little things here and there. But like, what I enjoy about music a lot is the single note in a in a, in a song. You know, that single note that is just like, bah, that was a perfect <laughs> spot for that note. You know, yeah. and uh, and you can find them in different songs. You know, but it, like, uh, I think that's good. You know, when you're able to to do a little with a, or a lot with a little, I should say. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, not that you need to put it, bring a kazoo in there or anything like that, but. <laughs> Anyway, so what are the uh, the artists, the influences that are really striking your fancy nowadays? What are you you going for? Um, well, I listen to Jackson Brown a lot lately. I've been listening to uh, Jason Isbell a lot. Okay, yeah, uh, I dig his stuff. I've I've liked him for a long time. I've you know I've seen him since the Drive By Truckers, and he's a big words yeah. guy. Yeah, he is. He tell he's a storyteller, so I yeah. like a lot of the stories he tells and. The way he tells me, he has a great voice too, so that that helps as well. And his it's it's interesting to see the progression of artists now that I'm now that I'm older and I, I've seen yeah, a progression in yourself. my own artists and yeah. I'm progressing myself. You know, like it's cool to see uh, 
just see that growth, you know, and the and them as well, and in, in your people that you followed, you know, in those artists that you followed, it's 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 interesting to see where they've gone, you know, and how their life has progressed, you know, puts it into perspective for yourself. Mm. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's something that's hard to comment on from your perspective. What, mm-hmm. But what would you say the the biggest? What what's the biggest change that's happened in your own music over the years, like that you've noticed the either thematically or... I've had lots of different changes. So I started out for a long time as a, like a down strummer, right? You know, uh, rhythm was a thing that took me the longest to get. The first two weeks I picked a guitar, I knew every chord on that guitar, you know, pretty much, except for jazzy chords, you know, like, but I knew every bar chord, I knew every open chord, you know, like, that came quickly to me, you know, and making melodies, no problem. But the... But rhythmically, I had to learn how to play, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and that took me probably like two solid years um, until I felt comfortable to play around. And then even longer after that until I felt like really good to where and and I just kept getting better, you know. And so now I feel really good about it. But, you know, I'll probably look back and think like that wasn't, you know, like Uh. that wasn't that good, you know, whatever. But so it's taken a lot. Rhythm is something I've had to work on a lot, you know, and luckily I've played with a lot of good drummers and, you know. I went to school, so I, I learned how, what a metronome was finally. And <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and how about songwriting wise? If you've noticed any oh any changes? Or... Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was only like half an answer anyway. But yeah, so so <laughs> um, I've just gone through a lot of per- personal life uh, feels my songwriting a lot. So different relationships I've gone through, different uh, the shifts. Every time there's a change. So I wrote, I have a lot of religious songs, you know, that are like talking about. Uh, not really believing, you know, or, or sometimes struggling believing, with you know, struggling with faith. So I have a lot of struggling with faith songs because I've gone, that's what, you know, part of what I've seen and what I've gone through. And so I put it in different, vo- you know, different uh, storytelling elements, you know, whatever, different, I get different thoughts about that subject a lot in different, from different ways. Um, and then, you know, heartbreak and things like that. Uh, my mom passed away probably like four years, well, since I started pursuing this more, pretty much. So, um, well, just, just after really. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's so, a lot yeah. that happened there musically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was a, that's that's a big time that changes songwriting. It got, it got I got I I cared less about things. Does that make sense? You uh, <laughs> all the things that aren't important, you start to yeah, see them exactly. for what they are. Yeah. Exactly. So at that same time like yeah, it was it was definitely a tough time. Well, I guess it's been 5 years. So yeah, it's 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 been a t- it was a tough time when I was going through that and uh yeah, I wasn't really playing out, uh, you know. I was going to open mics, you know, but you know, no one really knew who I was. But that, not that that matters. But well, that's kind I, of the name of the game with open mics. Yeah, anyway. it's a good yeah. place to make friends, though. It is, yeah. No, and that's how I met Dante in the Mirrors and all that stuff, and that's how I got reinvolved in the music scene. That's why, uh, the you know, the Drifter Luke had any traction when we got started at all. You know, it's because I had had developed that friend base with them. So, so are you? Uh, Planning to make an album, a full length? I want to make an album. Like, as an artist, I want to make an album. As a person who, uh, as like a business uh, person with music, uh, I don't think an album makes right, you any money. It's not the, uh, <laughs> the marketing <laughs> no, like, best choice. I, I am I'm planning to release singles and, uh, and then maybe EPs. And then if people want an album right if it seems like if it seems like if it seems like that you know i don't want to i don't don't need to do kickstarter but i'd rather pre-sell an album does that make sense like i'd rather i'd rather pay if half have the product already is pre-sold 
then uh, then I'll make an album, you know, like because because <laughs> otherwise, like people just don't buy it anymore. They just don't. It's a waste of it's a waste of plastic. And uh, even though I like album art and I want to produce that as an artist, yeah, artistically, it's artistically uh, it can be a want, milestone. Yeah, because it, yeah, it'd be a milestone, right? Because because it'd be like, you know, first of all, you have the, uh, you know. I mean, you can do it on a budget. Don't get me wrong. You can do it. I could release an album right now, you know, like with the recording stuff that I have, you know, but um, you have to think about your voice, you know, and, and what you want out there and and uh, putting your best foot forward. You're like, I would like one time, one album release to be like, this is my best foot forward. You know, like this yeah. is the best I can do right now. You know, like... You were ready. Yeah, I was ready. And of course, you're getting better as you look back. But in that moment, when you led up to that time in that recording, you know... Uh, that you felt like this is good, you know? And I, I just don't think you can do that on a budget very well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, it can be rough. yeah, it's just harder. But, but uh, at any rate, you got a lot of kind of new songs under your belt that are going to yeah. come out one way or another. Yeah. Putting yeah. out more singles, more EPs. Yeah, which it can be the smarter right. choice in terms of hooking people in. Yeah, and videos, you know, too. I want to do more videos. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping to. Uh, do more with that and look for a few partners in that. So, yeah, let's do some video work, and so we'll see. Awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, I look forward to, to following all that. Sweet. Um, awesome. So now I guess uh, we'll uh, record you playing a couple songs awesome. in the living room. All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. The Drifter Luke, everybody. He's fantastic. Make sure you see him perform with his band, too, if you ever get the chance. We saw him at Connor Byrne, and they were just so tight. They really did his songs justice. Anyway, if you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, please write us a review on iTunes. I love getting your feedback. I want more of it. Find the podcast on Facebook at Talking About the Passion. I'm also on Twitter at TATP Podcast and on Instagram at Niagara Moon Music. If you want to write to me with any suggestions, questions, or comments about the podcast, you can email tatppodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Eating Peaches off my 2017 album, Eating Peaches. I'm going to play two more home-recorded songs of The Drifter Luke. This is Love or Addiction, followed by What Is It This Time? See you in two weeks. Sometimes I fall asleep in my car getting stoned And I pay the toll out on the road Every day is a that wheel Slowly spinning towards an unknown conclusion And I'm coming down now Gotta get back up somehow Just one of my vices will win Waking up now, gotta find my way somehow. The driven man of addiction. I 
fractured stroke of wind Another image or missing the grand perspective Another sight yet to be seen A longing view from a traveler's bedroom window And I'm coming down now Gotta get back up somehow Token on a weather chain What did this symbol mean to a dead man lost with time and memory As I can't see very far at all How will I be forgotten Oh, after all my breath is gone I'm coming down now Gotta get back up somehow one of my vices will win I'm waking up now Gotta find my way somehow With a dream my love or addiction I'm coming down now Gotta get back up somehow
If you want a clean slate And what is it this time What do you want in exchange for the peace I see and to heal this broken heart and the loneliness inside of me? Stand in line and be counted You're a number, you're a name As a plaintiff in a courtroom Or in the book of life as a land Whether guilty or pure You can still be set free You can settle for a deal You just gotta give them what they Inside of me